Into the wild I'll go and into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Into the wild I'll go Into the wild I am It's been a while, freedom child Since I left my roots back home Welcome to the Free Birth Society podcast. This is a radical space for women who are ready to celebrate their autonomous choices in birth, motherhood, and beyond. Together, we'll learn about wild birth through personal narrative, we'll explore the politics of birth, and we'll analyze everything that relates to our lives as women from a feminist perspective. Here's your host, Emily Saldea. It's been a wild freedom Longtime Free Birth Society member Rachel Kirk is finally on the show today sharing her three birth stories, culminating in a true family birth that was attended by her sister, her mother, her father, her sons. How cute is that? When Rachel chose birth center medwives, uh, they wound up dropping her care, coerced her into an ECV for her breech baby, a very dangerous procedure, and then never wound up answering her calls during labor. So she decided for her next birth, she would just do it on her own. Fully supported by her family, she went on to free birth her second and her third sons at home. With her mother supporting her, her father as photographer, she gave birth to her perfect baby boy. Before we dive in, I want to let you know it is last call for registering for the Midwife Within Retreat this coming springtime. It is May 8th through 13th, and oh my goddess, we have got the most jam-packed, life-changing experience for you. No, you don't need to be a midwife. The point of this retreat is to explore the village midwife within us all. As women, this is our women's work to do, and we get to do it. If you are ready to untangle your old stories, sit around the fire and sing your songs, sit at the feet of one of the most epic elder midwives alive today, please come take one of our last spots. There will be a ton of workshops led by Sister Morningstar, supported by me here on my sacred land. It's a full-on, all-inclusive experience. Just show up and we're going to handle the rest. Also, if you haven't caught this, we are having a full day village prenatal experience where you will both learn to lead and experience sisters coined village prenatal, and it's on Mother's Day. We'll have pregnant women come, and you will remember this day for the rest of your life. Sister will also be giving workshops on understanding blood loss from a holistic lens, an entire afternoon on placentas and all the magic there is to know and understand about what she refers to as the first mother. She'll teach her full day famous newborn first breaths workshop that will blow your mind. And there's just so much more. Spots are limited. We're almost full. And we do have payment plans on the website at matriarchrisingfestival.com slash midwifewithin. But please hear me. This is a once in a lifetime opportunity. I have no plans to ever offer this again. And this isn't a normal or common thing for sister to do. You're here listening to this show because you are into what sister and I are about, what we stand for, and what we offer to our communities and to the world at large. So do not miss this if your heart is calling you to be with us in May. 
go to matriarchrisingfestival.com slash midwifewithin and take one of our last spots. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hi. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Excited to have you here. Like I was saying, I think it's a long time coming. And I'm just so excited to hear the totality of your stories as they as they are today. So take us to the beginning. Who were you before you became a mom? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> let's see. I was uh, heavy in work before I got pregnant. Um, before I became a mom, uh, I worked, worked, worked. Me and my husband were opening a karate school at the time of that I got pregnant. Um, I was managing a yoga studio full time and just kind of movements and working and just going, just doing a lot. Um, and so when we got pregnant, it was about seven years into our marriage, which was totally fine. We were we kind of said, oh, maybe after three years, we'll, we'll decide maybe we'll have a baby. Um, so after seven years, we uh, finally, uh, got pregnant. Um, we were not trying necessarily. My husband will say like, Oh, well, we weren't not trying. Um, but, uh, it, it was a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, when I found out I was pregnant and, uh, it was kind of like, you know, one of those things that I have to like start thinking about, Oh, I don't have health insurance. And do I need health insurance? And, you know, what do I want to do? Oh, I'm just going to be, um, you know, the most easygoing patient ever, you know, birth, my mom has like really easy birth stories. So I grew up learning um, or knowing about birth and like, you know, she just went to the hospital and had a baby. Like nobody did anything to her. She just went and she had four kids, you know, super quick and easy. So I was like, you know, what? that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be, I'm going to just go for it and, and it'll be easy. And um, I'll be, I'll be a easygoing patient, <laughs> you know, compliant, I guess. Uh but uh, I have a I have a tendency to be more um, go with the flow anyways. So I went into, um, you know, I, I didn't have a doctor. I didn't have uh, insurance. And I like called my sister and I was like, hey, uh, you know, who's your who's your um, OBGYN? Who's your midwife? So she had a midwife at um, a practice in the hospital. So I called her up and I said, hey, can I come in and, and get seen? And she's like, sure, come on in. So I went in and I'm like, all right, this is what we do, right? Like you go in and they take your weight and, you know, make you pee in a cup and take some blood. And, um, you know, I was like, okay, that was, that was, that was it. Like, you're not going to talk to me about anything. Like, this is like huge news. I need like, I'm trying to wrap my, <laughs> my head around entire world is changing. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, I'm just like in and out. And I honestly, the intake we did was in this little closet in the hospital. It was the weirdest thing. So I just was like, I remember being very hot and like slightly nauseous and just being like, are we done? Are we, are we done yet? Like we're in like a mop closet. (laughs) Super weird. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I was like, I'm just going to do what they tell me to do because that's what you do. Right. And, um, I, I didn't anticipate having any complications. I was super healthy. I was super active. Um, you know, and I thought, you know, if, if something does come up, we'll, we'll take it as it goes and, um, you know, go from there. Uh, we were, we tend to be on the more natural side of things, you know, from just our movement standpoints and our, our, uh, 
home life and things like that, but not, not nearly as much as we are now. Um, so I started looking up books on natural childbirth. I was like, okay, what do I do? Like, do I need to get a book? Do I need to read something? So I read this, the Bradley method book. And honestly, it was, it was such a good book for me to read because the whole back of the book is filled with like statistics and like all the things. And I was like, oh my God, like, does this really happen? Like, you know, do they really take all these things? And, and I just remember reading like, Hey, start asking your practitioner questions. And if you don't like the answer, just know, like, they're not gonna, they're not gonna, you know, abide by what you want in labor. So start asking them now. And I think I must've been about, I don't know, 25 weeks or something like that, that I started going in. And of course I never saw the midwife that I was supposed to see. Um, you know, it was always somebody else. And I was like, well, is she going to be here? Like, am I going to meet her? Am I going to, you know, you know, the things. Um, so I started asking, I was like, okay, well, what, what is your stance on antibiotics? And what's your stance on like, you know, um, they're like, we love them. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Well, oh, of course we're going to put a pick line in or port line in there and, and all these things. And I'm like, well, you know, what about if we don't need this? And she's like, well, that we won't need to worry about that till we get there. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. Like I'm going to be in labor. I don't need to worry about that then. I'm going to talk to you now. And I don't know what it was. Me and my husband were like, this, I don't think this is right. Like this is just not right. And so we ended up calling um, a birth center and they were like, oh, come on in. And, you know, we took the tour and it was like, immediately we're like, this is where we want to be. Like, <laughs> they're like, cool. They're in like an old um, building. And, you know, the midwives are just like, you know, really down to earth. And everyone's like, oh, you do whatever you want and all the things. And I was like, awesome. That's the answer I want to hear. So of course I transferred my, my um, care over to them. Everything seemed okay. Um, and then, and so I think I transferred at like 30 weeks, 30, must've been 30 weeks. So a little bit later. And um, by 32 weeks, I had one midwife come in and, you know, palpate the baby. And she was like, oh, your baby's breech. And I was like, okay, well, we have some time, right? Like, and you know, are you sure about that? So she, she was like, go, go get an ultrasound. So I immediately went because um, I have a sister who also had something similar happen. And of course, you know, ended in a C-section. So I kind of had this in the back of my mind of like, I don't want to breach baby. Right. Um, of course, now I have a different standpoint on that. And I welcome one um, just to prove everybody wrong. <laughs> but um. Uh, yeah. So of course I went and got the ultrasound and head was up and I started crying. So I'm like, Oh, great. Now what do I do? Um, so then they, they gave me a list of things like spending babies, do this thing, do the homeopathics, do the other things. Um, which of course I dove right in because I'm like, I'm not waiting. I'm not, I'm not taking anything. I'm not leaving anything to chance. I'm going to be proactive about making this baby. And it's head so, down. it's so just, um, you know, extraordinary that the shift to the birth center was perceived and sold to you as the most hippie chill thing. And as soon as they get you, it Mm -hmm. took what, 14 days to reveal the truth. Super quick. And then like, it wasn't even like, oh, well, we'll do this. It was like, oh, well, you'll just, we'll just transfer you to an OBGYN that we work with in the hospital and you'll get a C-section. And I was like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, let's have a conversation here. Like, you don't know, you don't know me. I was like, that's not happening. I've had a perfect pregnancy. I have a, I'm like super healthy. I was like, I'm bursting that baby. I don't care who says what. And they were like, well, you know, we can't do that. And I was like, what do you mean you can't do that? Like I was, I immediately dove in. Um, so of course I'm trying to do all the things, which 
in hindsight, of course, I would never do this again because it was so stressful and it was just, it was silly. And it, it made my last month, month and a half uh -huh. of pregnancy extremely emotional, uh -huh. hard. Uh, it was, oh gosh, it was like one of the darkest times of my life. Hell yeah. You know, of course, it's like now I look back and I'm like, it was so avoidable. But, uh -huh. you know, um, so anyways, they basically dropped my care and they they just didn't call me back. Um, I remember the last time I went in for a um, appointment with them, it was, it was in, later in the day and the midwife that was there. I was like. I'm like desperate. I was like, okay, well, what can I do? Like I'm having this baby. And she was like, well, no, you're, you're going to go to the hospital and we'll, we'll set you up. And I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to stay home and have this baby until I can't anymore. And I'll just show up at the hospital. And she's like, well, you don't want CPS to be called. And I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a hotel and I'm going to birth this baby by myself in a hotel. I, I didn't even know what free birth was. And I was just like, who are you to tell me what I can and can't do? And I'm, as I'm like sitting in that, that, um, the room with her. And I, I was thinking like, I'm like pouring my, my desperation out to this woman. And she was like, no, <laughs> like you won't do that. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. I will. But Robots, that to me man. seemed radical at the time. And, you know, I should have, but whatever. So long story short, um, lots and lots of other things happened. We went and got a version at the hospital. Wouldn't do it again. Um, and it was successful. And, um, you know, I was extremely thankful for that. So I called the birth center um, and said, hey, baby's head down. I'm ready to come back. And they were like, OK, come on in. So I went and had a couple Ugh. more appointments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, everything is fine. Nobody said anything. I was just like, I was like, you, you guys haven't seen me in a month. You haven't even called to check up on me. But I should have known then. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, I worked up until the last day that I uh, <clears throat> went into labor. I was teaching and um, teaching lots and lots of hot yoga. I was uh, a little bit, a little bit crazy, a little bit intense. I felt really good. Um, and I finished teaching for the night and I was, I was at the studio by myself and I took a picture in the mirror and I was like, you know what? My back's a little sore tonight. I must have overdid it in vinyasa and like teaching all this stuff. And um, so I went to the bathroom and of course, here's my, my mucus plug sitting in my underwear and I'm like, oh, okay, well that's, that's different. So I'm like, all right, I, let me just clean up and go home. And by the time I'm like, my drive home was like 15, 20 minutes and I'm like in the car, like, okay, okay. Like, all right, let me text my sister. Let me text my mom. So I text them and I'm like, Hey, don't get excited. This could be weeks. Like, you know, this is the first, I had no practice contractions. I had no sensations. Like, I mean, nothing, nothing. So this is the first time that I'd actually felt like, Hey, this is, this is like, you know, different. And I was 39 weeks and six days or 39 weeks and five days, I think at that point. So like right before the due date. Um, yeah. So went home and I'm like, okay, they tell you to get in bed, get in bed. Oh, I can't do that. So I'm like kind of denying that labor is happening. And my husband's like, I'm going to make you mac and cheese. I was like, no, 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 that's my labor food. Don't, don't make mac and cheese. He was like, I'm, I'm going to make it. And I was like, okay. So I'm like trying to eat it on the couch and uh, can't sit. I can't sit. I'm like leaning over the couch, like leaning, leaning on the counter. And I was like, all right, well, let's, let's go to bed. I can't do this anymore. I'm just going to go lay down. And of course it was like, just like right into labor, just thrown in. So within about two hours, I was like, I mean, I'm breathing through these contractions. I'm nobody's talking to me. I'm just like, okay, somebody call my mom, like get her over here. 
Um, and then I think my husband, Nathan decided to call the birth center and, um, cause it was like, it was pretty intense and it was really consistent. Um, and so he gets a call center and they're like, okay, you know, if, uh, if you don't get a call back within 10 minutes from the midwife, just give us a call back. And we're like, okay, no problem. It's really early. We just want to let them know. So I'm like, I'm doing all the things. I'm trying to get in the shower. I'm trying to get in the bathtub. It was terrible. Oh my gosh. I couldn't do anything. It was, it was pretty intense. Um, and then, uh, no call from the birth center. So we're like, all right, well, it's been like 30 minutes. Let's, let's give them a call. So we call again. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll send the message. We'll let you know. Um, if you don't get a call back, just, you know, just give us a call back. I'm like, okay. Of course my husband's calling. I'm, I'm doing like, I'm probably pacing the, the floors. I ended up crawling on my knees and my elbows in my, um, upstairs bedroom. And by the time I ended up getting to where we went, um, spoiler alert, it was the hospital. Um, my mm-hmm. elbows and my knees were like bloody. They were so raw <laughs> because it's oh just my like God. crawling and my carpet, my carpet. Um, but anyways, yeah, I couldn't really find any comfortable position, but I just was not aware that nobody was calling us back. I was just having a baby, you know, like it didn't bother me. Didn't worry. Didn't worry about it. So seven hours goes by and like, nobody calls us and we're like, we're calling. And, um, you know, at, at some point, you know, Nathan was like, well, what do you do? Like, if you can't get a hold of somebody, don't you have like a protocol? Don't you have like a second number or something? Yeah. So I'm like between contractions, trying to look up my email to see if like the birth center sent us like a different number or something. I'm like, no, this is, this is literally. Wait, I have a quick question. Um, are you paying this terrible place out of pocket or is this insurance Uh, coverage? Insurance coverage. Yeah. I got insurance, um, about 12 weeks into my, um, pregnancy. Cause that's interesting to me that like they still get paid. Yep. I'm quite oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, there was lots yeah. of billings. They billed me to birth there and not to birth there. And not to birth the same day. Yeah. Oh yeah. They itemized every single visit of course. and charged me for a birth. I was like, whoa, mm-hmm. whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The ECV that you had, when did you yeah. have that? What just, I had it 37 weeks on the day. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. And that was, yeah, I honestly found that to be like my whole story. I'm leaving out a lot of stuff because there's a lot of, of things. But um, it was very serendipitous, the person that we met and how we met her um, and who performed it. I actually really, really like her. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't go back, but um, of course, that's my own personal choice. But I, I do. I really did like talking with her. She was the first one of the first people that actually like treated me like a human and was like, oh, okay, while she's while she's physically abusing you and your no, no, baby no, before before it like we had a consultation beforehand and then you know yes of I course, just Brian, I just mean yeah. I'm just highlighting oh, yeah. the like the complexity of people liking these care providers and them being air quotes good people or friendly yeah. people and feeling a sense of just human to human connection to them while also within these yeah abusive systems where you're literally without probably fully grasping it agreeing Mm -hmm. to I mean really put your baby in harm's way right oh yeah thankfully that didn't occur with your version but that that is so serious potentially so serious and also nonsensical for you to fit into 
this totally ludicrous, you know, rules and regulations of this birth center. And they put you in such a desperate state that you will say yes to something like an external version um, Mm -hmm. at 37 weeks. And so, yeah, yeah, I just, I think it's always so interesting when we feel a fondness towards the people who Mm. are actively harming our bodies. Yep. Yeah. It's just wild. It's so complicated. Yeah. And it, and it is interesting. You said like, I did feel like I had no other choice because the other choice was to stay home. And I, I actually voiced it to a lot of our family and friends. I was like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to go to a hotel um, and I'm going to go have this baby. Like, why couldn't I do it at my house? I don't know. But like, <laughs> no, it is funny that you have to go to a hotel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I'm going to make this more complicated. Like, my neighbors. I don't know. Of course, now they don't care. You know, we, we tell them before birth. We're like, but, okay, just let me know. This, We're having a baby. But this is it. Like, y- this is the narrative of millions of so women. Many. This is yep. our social conditioning. You yep. know, that even that you would be like, I'm going to go to a hotel. Like, it's such a seemingly, obviously we know as three birthers, it's not impossible at all, but it feels so impossible when you are groomed to be a part of this, what's actually a voluntary hierarchical system. And when you're groomed to think you need it, it's so dramatic. It's so, yeah. of course you're desperate. Of course you're like the other option is to just have everyone I've been told I need drop me. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It is. It's wild. And that actually the version was one of the only times that I felt so out of control in the pregnancy, even during labor, I felt really like everything was still my choice. Um, go into the hospital and like, we were there super early. There's three other women having a version and they did it. They told me that I was going to go in the OR because like, of course the statistics are so bad that like, you're going to go have a C-section. They prep you, they call you and they're like, okay, so for your C-section you'll have your, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm getting a version. They're like, no, it just happens. And I'm like, what? So of course I went first and it was successful. And, um, during the turning, like the baby went into distress, my blood pressure bottomed out. And I'm like, I'm sitting there thinking they, all they do is like, they flip me on my side, they throw a mask on me. And I'm like, Whoa, something's happening. And all I could think of is like, go to my yoga breathing. And I'm like sitting there just like breathing and just being like, all I need is oxygen. All I need is oxygen. And everything ended up fine, but it took about 10 minutes for everything to kind of like calm down. And they tried again and it happened right away. But like thinking back, I was like, why would I ever choose to do that? Like things could have been so different in like a heartbeat, you know? Well, you know why. Yeah. Well, yeah. And and, and that's important to presence because a lot of women listening to this podcast today are where you were then, right? Yeah. yeah, And And like you named, you didn't know that you had a choice. Right. Well, and there's no support for that choice, you know? Exactly. It's, it seems, well, of course now my circle is different. So now of course it feels so much more accessible. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think also just, you know, being much more prevalent, it's be, it feels more accessible, but back then it was just like, you know, you're not really hearing of other people. And even in our state, midwifery is just like just legalized in our state within the last five years. So, I mean, 10 years now since it's been, but um, like, so we really don't have very many midwives. So that 
even a home birth wasn't even a choice for me. Cause I was like, Oh, it's like, it's the birth center, which all of the ladies do, you know, who are like slightly crunchy and slightly like holistic mm-hmm. or you go to the hospital and that's it. Like, that's all you choose. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so of course now I'm, I'm seeing a lot more like, Oh, home birth, home birth, home birth. And, um, you know, and free birth actually in, mm-hmm. in our community, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, so Okay. So so you're bloody, you're crawling around, you're, I'm at home, you have carpet burn. Yeah. And and what happens? So it gets to the point where like, I'm like going on the toilet and I'm getting off and the contractions are just coming and I'm like, I can't get a second. So my husband's like, all right, we got to go. Like, let's just go. Let's see if they're there. I think for some reason we thought somebody might've been at there, like an on-call nurse, like slept there. (laughs) No way. So it's January 25th and it is cold and um, we get in the car and we go to the birth center. So we drive about 20 minutes, get to the birth center. It's dark. I get out and I'm like banging on the door. I'm like, you know, having this baby on the doorstep. I love to dram- dramatize this because, you know, if any um, of my former midwives are watching, <laughs> they can feel bad about me standing on the doorstep having a baby. <laughs> um but yeah, so like I, I ended up just like running around the building thinking like, do you see any lights on? Like, oh is it, like, is anybody there? We're calling the call center again. And um, we're like, okay, we'll just leave them a message. Just let them know that we came and we're in labor. <laughs> and so I remember my sister turning to me and she was like, Rachel, do you want to go to St. Francis Hospital? Or do you want to go to Christiana? So there are two local hospitals right here. And I was like, I'm not going. This is not fair they should be here. I'm staying here. And she was like, Rachel, do you want to get in my car? Or do you want to get in your car? And I was like, my car, I want to get in my car. And I was like, I couldn't grasp like decision making, you know, it's just like, this is not supposed to happen like this. Why is this happening now? Um, But also, there's like a part of your brain that's just like, whatever, like, we're just gonna have a baby. Like, I don't care what happens. You know, it doesn't matter what's really happening. Cause you can't really think about that. Um, so anyways, I get in my car and we go to our, our hospital, um, same hospital that we had the version at. And, um, of course I'm like, I'm just like sprinting through the doors. I'm like, I'm having a baby, let's go. And the nurse that checks us in at triage was like, Hey, your baby is named Charlie. Right? Like, and I was like, Whoa, how do you know that? She's like, I was your triage. I was your nurse in the, in the version. And I was like, what? And she was like, you're not supposed to be here, are you? You're a birth center patient. And I was like, yeah. So she was like, here, let's just, you know, come in the room. She she um, she um, was like, do you want to stay in your own clothes or do you want a gown? I was like, oh, no, I'm staying in these. And um, she was, you know, I don't really quite remember it, but um, she was great. <laughs> you know, at least there was some familiarity there. And she like set the precedent for me as a patient that I was not supposed to be there. And I think from then on, everybody was kind of like, she's not really supposed to be here. Something crazy happened. Like let her do her thing. Um, we asked for a wireless monitor because of course they have to monitor you. So we asked for a wireless monitor. Um, and they, they did a cervical check, which I was, you know, well, it's already, like, it's like, let her do her thing. Right. But within reason, it's actually, yeah. we're going to do exactly what we always do, but give the illusion option that you're doing your thing. You're still yeah. on ultrasound yeah. constantly. You're mm-hmm. still getting vaginal exams. Yeah. Yep. And I think like even the vaginal exams, that was not something that I was really aware of. 
um, because they were going to do that at the birth center anyways. And I kind of didn't have that framework to say, like, I don't really need that. You know, Um, I did know that, like, it doesn't matter what it what it is because it doesn't matter. And they, you know, everybody tells you that they all know that, too. But of course, it's still you got to write it down and, you know, make something out of it. But yeah, so we ended up getting to the room and um, I just labored. That's it. We got in the shower. Um, I screamed a lot. I, uh, it was pretty painful. I had a, a nerve situation in my left hip that ended up getting extremely intense, um, towards the end of labor, um, from old back injury, old pelvis injury from dance and yoga. And, um, I, I worked through some stuff after birth, but, um, yeah, during birth, it was, it was intense. Um, by seven in the morning, eight in the morning, I think the birth center called the hospital. And they were like, hey, we got all of your messages. Now you're at the hospital. Would you like us to send you a midwife to be with you? And I turned around and I was like, yes, like you owe me. You owe me. Break. Give me somebody. Like, I don't care. I'm just, yeah. So they sent me a midwife and she was wonderful. She was great. Um, I'd never met her, <laughs> but she was great. Um, and I, I think part of her, seeing her was like me, my brain saying like, oh, this is part of where I was supposed to be. Like that was part of my choice to birth at the birth center. She's like familiar in some, some way. Um, and all she did literally was validate like every sound I made, every movement I made. She didn't, she was just like there to be a support. And it was, it was actually really nice. Um, but yeah, so ended up doing, you know, coached pushing (laughs) for a long time. It was terrible. Um, I ended up almost falling off the bed because my, the nerve pain in my hip was so intense that my leg basically seized and I couldn't move. And I was holding on to this side to try to like brace the pain that was happening in the left side. And they would be like, Oh, okay. You should rest between contractions. And I was like, I can't like, there's, there's something that's like not letting go. And so for like, at least three or four hours, I was kind of stuck in this position. Hmm. And it just, I went to another place. I went, I went somewhere else. So (laughs) I just remember like pushing and then, and I'd like, look at somebody, I'd be like, are we still here? Like, why are we here? And my husband would be like, yeah, you're pushing, you're doing this, like, just keep going. And I'm like, okay. But I was, I was out of it. Um, The pain, the intensity, the fact that you're, I'm like sheer desperation, just trying to get the baby out because that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, and it's terrible. It's really, really terrible. Uh, that is, that's one of the only things that I look back and I'm like, God, if I could have just had more voice or more something to say, like, just, just get away. Like, let's be done. Like, leave me alone. (laughs) Um, but I, I, I didn't have that then. So yeah. Um, one of the other things that I've really, I'm frustrated about is, you know, I'm pushing. And of course I I tried doing like the squat and the pool and all the things. And I ended up being on my back, holding my knees and the nurse, she kept pulling my knees apart and I kept pulling my knees in and like mechanically knees in is a great place for baby to come out because your pelvis. And, you know, of course I'm on my back. So my tailbone's in the way. Love. I love mechanics, but biomechanics. I'm like, I looked back on this and I was like, this is, this is all wrong. Um, but yeah, she kept pulling my knees out and I kept being like, no, 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 I need to, this is where I need to be, but come on, honey, you need to, you know, we need a wide opening for the baby. 
you know, and it's just real crappy. Anyways, yeah, uh, he came out. <laughs> and I remember like they laid my bed down right away. And I was like, sit me up, sit me up. I can't even I can't even move. I can't see my baby. I can't do anything. And I, I, you know, I looked at him and I'm just like, I was kind of out of it. You know, I'm a little out of it. <laughs> um, and then of course they're like, relax, everything's done. And I'm, my leg is literally still in the seized position. I'm like, I literally can't like, I'm, I'm in so much pain. I was like, yeah. I'm just trying to hold him and not drop him. And, you know, and then it took about 20 minutes for my leg to kind of like, let go. Um, and within that 20 minutes, of course, they're doing their thing. They're pulling that placenta out, um, stitching me up, doing all the things. Um, we did have our, the midwife that was sent to us. We were like, Hey, can you please show us the placenta? Can you please like hold it up? And I was like, somebody take a picture of it. You know, cause like I wasn't in the, in the realm to like touch Take it in. or like be, yeah. be around. Yeah. To do more things. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm thankful for the picture that we have of it. <laughs> I wish I would have taken it, but you know, um, yeah, that was it. Like no one, not one time did anybody offer me pain medication. Not one time did they ask me to, to, to change what I was doing. So I do like, I know I was a long laborer and I was a loud laborer and that's not what they're used to. And, um, but so I, I, you didn't, I what do you mean? They, they put you on your back. Yeah. Oh, but everybody gets an epidural. So it's, it's fine. So they don't have to scream through it. They don't have, they just have their baby. Right. And they send them to the C-section. On the scale, on the scale <laughs> of disruption and violence, it was on the lighter. Yes. Lighter yes. end. There's still definitely disruption. Absolutely. For sure. And I, I do remember I wanted to go to the toilet one time because I'm like, they, you know, and the birth class are like, go to the toilet. It's a great place to go. Right. And so I was like, I'm going to the bathroom, I'm going to the toilet. And the nurse is like, Oh, Oh no, 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 no. You can't do that. And I was like, Oh yes, I can. I'm going. And so I got on there and it was, it was terrible. So I got right off. I don't know. Maybe the toilet was like too high or something, but it felt terrible. And so they bring me in this like air balloon, like squat stool thing. And I, it, it was like a, Oh gosh, from like the nineties, you know, those like blow up air chairs. I just remember looking at it and be like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm not sitting. <laughs> oh, so yeah, that was, that was uh, the only time that she was like, oh, no, 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 you can't do that. But other than that, I mean, it was all right. Um, yeah. Other so than we, that. Other than, yeah, all, other of than that. all those things. Um, uh, but I mean, I, I do have to compare it to other people because I mean, literally a year later, my sister had her birth sabotaged and she went to the same hospital and it was extremely different and it was way worse than mine. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I walked out fairly unscathed and I also walked out of there thinking, fuck everybody. I just did that. Like you didn't answer your phone. I didn't know where to go. My provider just dropped me and I just went and had a baby, you know? So I kind of had this like, well, good thing it happened to us because we're so easygoing and we can push through and I'm, I'm just going to do it anyways. Um, so I kind of walked out with this like pride of, you know, mm -hmm. like of my story, um, which I think was, you know, in some ways good in some ways, whatever, um, the, the aftermath of all of the stuff that happened was really, really crappy. I got very angry afterwards, um, because the birth center, uh, of course never admitted to anything and never like, um, you know, I'm here. I am looking for a human connection of like, Hey, I'm sorry this happened. Or even, Hey, we acknowledge that it happened, you know, not, not even, I don't care if you're sorry, whatever, you know, maybe something happened, but 
but just acknowledge, like, see me. And so, of course, they're like, do you want to go back to the birth center for your one week post visit? Or do you want to go to the OB that saw you? And I was like, no, I'll go to the birth center like that. Yeah, sure. I'll go to the birth center. And I, I shouldn't have. I should have gone to the OB because I might have had more closure with her. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was it was actually really, really terrible. And um, I ended up after about six weeks, I ended up scheduling a meeting with them. I sat with the midwife who was on call <laughs> during my birth. <laughs> And I uh, voiced all of my opinions and then we sat down with the owner and again, just kind of let everything out. Now, looking back, it's like, you know, it helped me feel a little bit better, but you know, it was nothing. It was really nothing. So, um, yeah, but it so really they never, they never like even got close to admitting that they fucked up. Oh no, oh no. No, no, no. And some of the nurses, some, and everybody knew, oh, everyone knew I would walk in and they, I wouldn't even know people that were there and they knew who I was because everybody knew what happened. And my sister also was a patient there the year after. And they wrote in her chart, Aaron is Rachel's sister. This is what happened. And so they, they were like, everybody knew what happened so that there was like a tiptoe and maybe not necessarily just a tiptoe, but a sensitivity to like the situation that had happened. Um, so yeah, it was just like nurses would hug me and and like I could tell they wanted to say something, but they were like they couldn't. And I'm thinking, oh, it's all legal, it's all legal. They can't say anything because I could sue. You know, if they admit, <laughs> like, I'm like what the heck? This is just this is just dumb. Just I don't know. That's not how I think, but I guess other people do. So I don't know. Yeah, but um, yeah, postpartum was was actually it was hard. Um. Physically, it was hard. Breastfeeding was a little bit challenging, but uh, my mentality is like, it is what it is. And I just do. I don't worry about too much stuff. So um, I I felt like I had a really great time. And Charlie, my first integrated into our life really seamlessly. And it was just, you know, it was amazing. So it it just felt so normal. Uh, Looking back, I definitely had some some breastfeeding issues that I was just kind of like, well, this is just how it is, you know? but I mean, nothing that was nothing that really prevented him from getting food or me from nursing him. Uh, how long, how much time passes before you're pregnant again? And at what point does birth outside of this system even come into your awareness? So about a year later, um, my sister birthed. She birthed almost a year later than I did, but like two weeks after. Um, and she walked almost the same exact path that I did with the birth center version, breech baby, go to the hospital. Um, and I remember I started listening to your podcast the week that she went into labor. And um, because I, you know, of course, like a lot of new mothers dove into all things birth after giving birth. I'm like listening to all the podcasts, listening to, I, I love like biomechanics. So I'm like anything like, um, detail and statistics and, you know, movement mechanics. I'm like, okay, talk to me about birth and talk to me about movement. Talk to me about like, you know, what's normal, what's not normal. So I started diving into all that stuff. Um, and then somehow came across an interview or a podcast that you did with somebody else. And I was like, what the heck is this? Like, okay, let me go check this out. And I was listening to your podcast as I'm on call to go be a support for my sister. And, um, I ended up, um, being a support for her and it was, extremely traumatic. The whole situation was really, really terrible. Um, and I remember coming out of that thinking like, 
how did this happen? Like I know so much and I was her like advocate. I was supposed to prevent this from happening. Right. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't. And, um, I was like, this is, this is ridiculous. Like, even if I can't help her, how, how can any birthing woman walk in there and fight for what they want? Cause it's not just asking, you have to fight for what you want. And then of course you're labeled as like, you know, rebellious or non-compliant, non-compliant. and like, you Which don't is want that. dangerous to Absolutely. be so, that. so that's like in my mind of like, I know I have to fight or you have to toe that line so carefully to be like, oh, I don't know, but could you tell me about this? Barf. Can we just have a, you know, like, you know, pretend they're in charge, but you know what you want. You and know, I don't want to do that's not in me. The dual, in the doula circles that I used to be a part of, they would like openly discuss the strategy of playing stupid right, as right. an actual strategy and that you were to teach that to your clients yeah. That it was a non, it was like a conflict adverse uh, strategy. Oh my God. Yeah. That just, yep. so I mean, we, we actually ended up using that at the hospital when we were there. I didn't, but my husband, he, he was like, he knew everything and they'd come in with the like amnio hook and he's like, Oh, can you tell me about that? Oh, I, can we just wait on that? Like, can we just see how things go? And of course he knows exactly what's happening. And he's like on high alert for anything out of the ordinary to just kind of like be the buffer. Um, so there may have been more things that happened that I didn't, I wasn't really aware of that. He kind of just kept, kept outside of that realm. Um, but yeah, of course he had to pretend that he didn't know what was going on and had to like, you know, play their game. Um, but yeah, so after, after I walked with my sister through that whole situation, um, I was newly, let me think, I got pregnant a couple months after she gave birth. And, um, I remember thinking like, okay, well, I, I obviously am not going to the hospital. That's not where I wanted to be in the first place. And do I even feel comfortable trusting the birth center? Like, I know I don't trust them. Oh. I know that, but is that the only option? Um, and you know what? It's so funny too. Like, why didn't I think of home birth? <laughs> like we have, I actually spoke with a midwife during my pregnancy with Charlie. Um, cause I was like, I explored every option when, when I had, it was breach. I called every provider in the state. I called every midwife. I'm like, who's going to help me? Nobody. Um, but yeah, I don't know why that didn't cross my mind. And I just, I remember driving to work and I looked at my husband and I was like, um, we're just, we're just going to stay home and do this by ourselves. And he was like, so yeah. when you say that you didn't consider home birth, you mean you didn't consider a medical midwife attending you yes. at home with a midwife. Yes. Yeah. I'm thinking home birth as like the whole package of m- midwife. Yeah. Which we have um, to decouple. Yeah, you're right. Language, you're right. You know? Yep. Cause I had lots of home births. <laughs> exactly. Oh. You actually did consider and choose yeah. home birth. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And I just remember like looking at him and saying like, we're, we're not going to the birth center. We're just going to do this by ourselves. And like, he was like, yeah. And I, I remember feeling like this weight lift and not because of like, oh, great. I made a good choice, but like, I don't have to fight anyone. I don't have to defend my choice. I don't have to explain why I want to do something, you know, because it's so out of the ordinary, Um, you know? And I'm like, even as simple as like, I just don't want you to tell me what to do. I don't want you to tell me what position to get in. Like, what? You can't do that, you know? So that was it. it. It, I mean, of course it was like years in the making of listening to the podcast, walking with my sister, kind of, uh, unpacking my own birth and my own like body stuff. Um, 
for about, you know, a year and a half after Charlie was born, uh, that led me to like, that's it. Like there's no other choice. Um, it's easy. It was easy, easy to make that decision. Um, and honestly, my family walking, we, we have family births in our house because, you know, my mom and dad are always present and like my sister's there and her, her husband's like walking in right after the baby's born. You know, it's just like, everybody's there. Um, but like when I told my family, my mom's like, good, I'm glad. Like, that's absolutely the right choice. She's like, there's no other, there's no other option for you. And she, she looks back on it and is like, you know, I wish, I wish I had had more information to make those choices too. Um, so of course she was like right there. And, um, obviously my sister was the same, like we didn't have to explain anything. Like nobody cared. Nobody, everyone's like, yeah, right. Like, of course, why would you choose anything else after what they did to you? But, um, yeah. So of course I get pregnant with Edsel. Um, and I didn't know I was pregnant with him until, oh gosh, it was the, the day after my yoga studio closed. So I was working full-time at a yoga studio and we got like real quick word. They were like, Hey, we're closing the studio. And we had a month notice. And, um, I spent the entire month with my community running classes, doing events, all kinds of stuff. And I remember waking up the next morning, the day after we had our closing ceremony. And I was like, I woke up super early and I was like, something's off, just something is off. And, um, you know, I, I got really sick a couple of weeks back and I haven't had my period and I've been really stressed. I've been really active. Um, I was like, I'm going to take a pregnancy test. Like, I just need to rule it out. Like, I'm just I'm probably just sick. Right. So I took a test and um, I left it in the bathroom. I didn't even look at it because <laughs> I was just like doing it. I had That's one test in my house and I was just like, oh, I'm up early. Let me just pee on the stick. And, and I forgot about it. And so then, you know, a couple hours later, I was like, all right, let's go check it. And me and Charlie were up. So Charlie went in the bathroom with me and I'm like looking at it. It's like, yes. And I was like, that three letters, not two letters. I'm like, what? Oh my God. So it was a surprise again. And of course this time, um, again, it was like, my husband will say, we opened the door three times and three times we got a baby, but, um, the casualness (laughs) of you peeing on a stick and forgetting about it kills me. That's so hilarious. I was just like, Oh, you know, just trying to make sure that nothing else is happening. I just thought I was sick or like stressed. I mean, literally, I'm like, okay, I just lost my job. We just opened right. a karate school. I have, a, I have a kid, like a one but and a half. But to me, year old. that, but like any pregnancy test I've ever taken, I'm like, <laughs> until I see the result. I can't imagine walking away and forgetting. Yeah, it's so funny. Okay, so then what happened? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I tell my husband. I, it was just like a wild time because I'm like, what are we going to do? I don't have a job anymore. And honestly, I looked back and I was like, you know what? I was so busy during my pregnancy with Charlie. I mean, I took on too many jobs. I was, you know, we were moving our school. We were, I was running a, a someone else's school. I mean, I was in too many places and I was like, I just didn't have time to really appreciate what my body did. I mean, I say that I did, but I didn't like, I didn't have the mental like awareness of like what was really happening. And I was like, you know what, next time I get pregnant, I'm slowing down. I'm going to, there's something's got to go and I'm going to, I'm going to tune in and I'm going to be with this baby. And it's so funny because of course I lost my job the day before 
And then here I'm pregnant. And then what, three months later, we're in COVID lockdown. So we closed our school for a little while. We're working at home. And I had lots of time to just <laughs> be pregnant. Um, it was amazing. I was pregnant, like highly pregnant through the summer, which I loved. I would have a summer baby any day. Um, his pregnancy, I, uh, no nausea, no nothing. Like, I mean, it was fairly easy. I was teaching from home, uh, teaching yoga from home for a little while. And that was, that was challenging sometimes. And I'm like, got a microphone in, I'm okay, guys, you know, doing my pose that I'm like trying to breathe and talk. And that was a little challenging, but, um, yeah, I, I started having contractions around like 20, 25 weeks now, like 25 weeks. I remember with him, I think his placenta was anterior. So I never really felt movement until around 20 weeks. So I was kind of like in the first realms of real unknown. Um, and I, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Like I, like I'm pretty not, I don't really worry about a lot of stuff, but I think around maybe 14 to 16 weeks to around 18 weeks, I was like, is there a baby in there? Like, is he still, or is, are they still alive? Like mm -hmm. I started having those like thoughts of like, well, it, I mean, I could miscarry this baby. I could yep. like, you know, and it was just, or it could have already place. happened. Right. And, and I'm you just don't waiting. No, because it can yep. take months to release. I know yep. it's so heady. Yeah. And I, and I, of course I'm listening on the, the fetoscope, but I couldn't find his heartbeat because, um, I think his placenta was like kind of there. I was hearing the placenta and things like that, but I never really found his heartbeat. Um, and his movements were very, like, it was, it was so much longer. I started feeling Charlie my first at like 14 weeks, 12 weeks. I mean, like so early I was like, Oh, I can see it, you know? Um, and with Edsel, it did not, did not happen like that. So I was, I kind of was sitting in that unknown and just being like, I'm okay with this. I'm really okay with this. I just have to kind of like integrate those, that worry a little bit because it's okay. Um, and it's normal. Um, and like, what would I do? I wouldn't do anything. So that's, right. that's the end result of that. So I let it, I let it come in, I feel it. And then that's it. Um, yeah. So it was pretty, pretty easy pregnancy. I got pretty tired at the end, like really, really tired. I mean, walking up a flight of stairs was like the end of the world. Um, standing up to do things was hard. <laughs> I was tired. Um, and, um, yeah, so moving into his birth, it was early August. Uh, of course I'm giving everybody like, oh, it could be early July. It could be September. Who knows? Like, we don't know when this baby's coming. Um, I think it was after 40 weeks with that. So I think 40 and some change. And, um, <clears throat> I, uh, my water broke in the middle of the night and I got up to pee and I like stood up and I was like, oh, so I like, leaned over so it wouldn't gush out. And I like got my husband up and I was like, Hey, give me a towel. So I, like waddle to the bathroom and I'm like, okay, that was my water, like definitely released. So I like put a, a um, pre-fold in my underwear and just went back to bed. I'm like, all right, we're, we're fine. Let's go back to bed. And I woke up the next morning, nothing like no sensations, nothing. Um, so I was like, all right, well, let's get some stuff done. Let's cook some meals. Let's go vacuum the car. Let's go. Uh, you know, I was doing all the, the dumb things that, you know, probably vacuuming in the house 15 times. Uh, you know, everything that I could do, I was doing um, all while leaking slightly. All I wonder day. why you were so tired at the end. I know, right? <laughs> oh, who knows? <laughs> I like to vacuum a lot. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. But then 
I started getting antsy and I'm like, Oh, let me, let me, let me step back. I was very tired and I went and I ordered myself a blood test. Cause I was like, look, I just want my levels. I just want to see, you know, what it, what it would say. So I went and I've, I don't know what I was thinking, but I went to the, um, the lab and they handed me a cup and they're like, here you go. We get all the, all the tests. Like, cause I just called my primary care physician. I was like, Hey, just order me some blood tests. I want to go get a blood test. And what she had ordered was like the whole pregnancy thing. Cause I, I had done nothing. And, um, um, I didn't see any doctors. I didn't see any, anybody didn't go for anything. Um, but I wanted those levels tested and I peed in a cup and I remember going in the bathroom and being like, Oh God, this is why I don't want to do this. Like, this is terrible. Who can pee in a cup when you're like 40 weeks pregnant? Like this is ridiculous. And looking back, I also am like, why the heck did I do that? Right. I didn't need it. I like, didn't want that. I was like, why did it? Yeah. Why did I do that? I just took the cup and did it. Um, and maybe I was like, well, maybe it'll tell me something about why I'm so tired. <laughs> oh, maybe because I have a baby. Um, yeah. So the, when they got my results, of course it was sent to my doctor, they called me and it was one of their nurses. And she says, Hey, um, we just want to let you know that you tested positive for GBS. And I was like, okay. And she's like, so we recommend you go seek, um, care with a OBGYN and give birth in the hospital under antibiotics. And I was like, okay, thank you for your, for your help. She's like, well, can we schedule you to come in? I was like, no, that's okay. Thank you for your opinion. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, well, I forget what I exactly said to her. I was like, oh, well, I preach like, thank you for letting me know, but that doesn't, that doesn't change my decision at all. Like, you know, I'm still going to be at home. I'm still going to have this baby here. Thank you. And she's like, oh, well, we really, and I was like, I know, thank you. And that was it. Well, of course I did a, like a quick deep dive into, okay, well, what does that mean? You know, cause if it's in my urine versus a swab, um, you know, it could be something else. So I, of course looked up, I went back and watched the, uh, the module on GBS and free birth society, um, free birth course. And then, um, I read the evidence-based birth article on GBS and I'm like reading it and I'm like, okay, what will we do? Like, what would we do? Well, is there something that would change? And of course it comes down to, no, we wouldn't change what we're going to do we may monitor a little bit different after he's born like just look for signs of anything yes and I, I want to just throw another thing in here that that I also think a lot is uh don't forget to consider that it might not even be true correct yep. right like now that I've become friends with so many nurses and medical midwives mm-hmm. that have left I am even more aware of how, uh, how much, you know, pee samples are mixed up, how unorganized things can be, you know, you know, like how many just human error it's like, is it even actually true? And, and how do we know that? And who am I when I believe that it's true? And, and, you know, that is, I think an interesting thread in all of this, when there's a diagnosis, it's like, maybe. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was that was that. Um, but I think part of my waters being open for over 24 hours, I was like, oh, that risk, the the that increases the longer your waters are open. Um, so that was just kind of in the back of my head. But of course, I'm not doing anything. But I started to get antsy towards like, um, you know, the, the afternoon. I'm like, why haven't I started labor? Like, come on, this is this is ridiculous. Like, let's go. And of course, I know it could be weeks. Like I could have my waters open for days. Um, and I knew that, and I had like worked through some of that, but of course in the moment I was like, ah, come on, let's, let's do something. 
Um, so I invited my family over for dinner, of course, you know, like, let's just do stuff. So we had dinner and then um, all the kids are running around. And then at nine o'clock, I was like, everybody's got to get out. Like, I need to go to bed. Like, everybody needs to leave. Like, see ya. We went upstairs, we blew up the pool. And I was like, get in bed, go to sleep. <laughs> I was just like, go mode. And I went to bed. And two hours later, I started having contractions. Um, so I don't know if it was just like my body being like, hey, get to bed, like things are starting to ha happen. So who knows, but I, I, I ended up waking up at like 1130 or something in, in the evening. Um, I labored in the bedroom kind of quietly for a couple hours. Uh, of course, my two year old was sleeping on the floor next to us and my husband's in the bed. Um, and I think by like two o'clock, I was like, all right, this pool's got to get filled up. Like I need to get in now. Like I am, I need something. So we moved my son to the, the downstairs. Um, and then my husband filled up the pool. I got right in and that's where I stayed. I did not get out until I had the baby. <clears throat> um, gosh, it was, it was very challenging. I, of course, we have video of all of it. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even imagine going back to watch this because I was like, I feel like a circus performer. I feel like I'm just like doing these crazy moves, you know, like trying to like be with the waves and be with the sensations that are coming over. Um, and it's it's a lot, you know. Uh, my husband was, he was kind of like an anchoring point for a lot of the labor. Um I would squat on the side of the pool and just wrap my arms around him and he'd hold my back. So I could kind of like squat on the, on the side and just like get um, in that position. Um, I felt like my body started to push like really early, probably like three or 4am. I'm like, my body's doing it. I'm there's bearing down. There's like pressure. There's uh, like, there was nothing else to do. Um, so I ended up squatting through each contraction for hours, hours and like the sun's coming up and I'm like getting in my head. I'm like, this baby should have been here. Like, come on, like this, I'm doing all the things. Like, why aren't you here yet? Um, I'm talking to the baby. I'm like doing all the things. Uh, but it felt really long. And of course it was not that long. Um, but I felt like, I felt like my body was pushing. And so then I started to feel inside because I'm like, let me see where he is or where this baby is. Um, and I can't feel anything like the, he's so high up, just like so high up. So then of course I'm like, great, it's not even low. And here my body's pushing. I feel like my body's pushing. Um, and then I'm like feeling while I'm pushing. And I'm like, he's not going, like, he's not coming down. He's not going up. There's no movement. So of course I'm like feeling pressure in my tailbone and I'm getting like that real burny, like back pain. Um, like my husband was trying, like a contraction would happen. It had to be that, like the right pressure at the right time of the contraction. Like, okay, increase, increase, no, 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 decrease. No, no, don't let go. Don't let go. You know, like it was very tedious to, to manage that, um, that counter pressure. Um, but then I, of course, just started getting frustrated. I was just getting frustrated. And um, I started, you know, saying things like, 
I can't do this. Isn't that my magic word? Isn't that supposed to mean that the baby's right here, ready to come out? Like, come on, I've already said that. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm ready to have this baby. And, and of course, I don't know what Nathan's saying to me, but of course he's probably being like, you're doing it. This is totally different than the last time. Like, you know, this is, this is a different experience. And he was, it was very encouraging, but I don't really remember what he said. Um, and then by like eight o'clock, my little son came up and gave me a kiss and he's like, good job, mommy. Like you're doing it. Um, my parents popped in to, you know, say hello and. They, they kind of were there just like pour some hot water in every once in a while, um, but really kind of left us left us alone. But um, yeah, at like, I think around nine, maybe I got really frustrated and I said, turn off the music. Don't let anybody come in here. I was like, I don't care about the stupid hot water. Like, leave me alone. And we turned off the video. And I kind of wish we didn't turn off the video because I don't really remember what happened at that point. Um, but I got like two in my head, way two in my head. And um, I do remember one time I, I was like, oh, I have not checked heart tones. Like, let me, am I feeling the baby anymore? Like, let me see if I can feel him anymore. And I'm like, I don't know. So let me, let me check the fetoscope. Of course I put it under the water, right? How many you ways can I psych myself out? I know. But then of course you can't hear underwater. So I'm like, oh, whoops. So we're like, me and my husband are like blowing through the tube, trying to get the air out. I'm like standing up in the tub. I'm no. like, hold on, let me see. And I like found his heartbeat right away. And I was like, okay, psh, done. Like I, through the whole experience, not one time did my, did any fear come in? Never was there a thought of like, something's wrong or, oh, I need help. Um, you know, I never worried for the baby. I never worried for myself. I never, like, I was just frustrated that it was taking a long time. Um, and that was it. Uh, so I, I texted a friend of mine and I was like, hey, I've been in labor. I'm pushing. It's been like five hours. Like, I'm done. And she was like, get on the toilet. And I was like, damn, I do not want to get out of this tub. Like, I want to be in the water. I just want to, I just want to be here. I don't want to go in the toilet. Um, but I was like, I got to do it. I just got to get up. So I get out. And I think I had a contraction leaving the tub. Oh, and then one getting to my toilet, which was right there, like right 10 feet away. Um, and I sat down on the toilet and I felt him like literally drop right to my pelvis. And I was like, oh my God, he's coming out right now, like right now. And um, so my husband's like, standing behind me and he's like like he wanted somebody to come up and video so he's screaming down the hallway and I'm just like facing the toilet facing the back of the toilet and um you know I'm thinking like oh my god he's here like he's right here I'm ready and um that was it I, I didn't I didn't remember anything else that happened outside of what was happening on the toilet but um I, I started to push him out and it was the most intense thing I've ever felt. I mean, I remember thinking, if I don't help this baby come out, I am going to split open, like, for for good. Like, there's no repairing me. And I pushed him out. There he was. And I stood up. And I, like, peeked down. I, like, pulled my belly up to peek down. And here's his little face looking at me. Just, like, blue little face. And I was like, 
sunny side up. No wonder. Like, and all I'm thinking in my head is like, no wonder he wasn't moving like down into my birth now. No wonder, like I was like feeling him on my tailbone. Of course, I'm just like, I'm too in my head about <laughs> like all the things that are happening. Um, but I, uh, from that moment till he came all the way out was just like so timeless. It was just so quiet, so smooth. I felt nothing. I like shut the toilet lid, pulled a towel down on the floor. I put my foot up on the toilet and he just started to turn. And I was like, let him turn. <laughs> like, I don't know who I'm telling what, you know, nobody's doing anything to me, but I'm like, don't do this. Um, and so he, he slips one little arm out and then the next arm and I reach down, I grab his under his mm -hmm. arms and I just start to like, I don't pull him out. He just kind of falls out and he made the most like satisfying squelching noise, like, you know, like coming out of my belly. Um, and I couldn't pull him up because he had his, his cord wrapped around his neck and all the way across his body, like a sash. And, um, so I kind of squatted down and I like unwrapped it and just like, uh, uh, as I'm unwrapping it, I'm like seeing like his little penis between his legs. I'm like, it's a boy. So of course then I have to like touch because I'm like, well, what if it's a girl and not a boy? I'm like, it's a boy. Um, and then my mom and my son come up right after he was born. Um, and so we're all there together to just like share in this moment of like, you know, here's this cute little blue baby with this really crazy forehead because he came out brow first. So his forehead was really swollen and the back of his head was kind of like, like not coned, like, you know, you normally see. Um, so it was really, it just looked really funny. <laughs> um, yeah. And that was it. Just sat down on the floor and enjoyed that. And that was it. Got to the bed. Because um, all, I, all I wanted to do was get in my own bed. I kept thinking like I'm in the pool, laboring, and I'm looking at my bed. I'm like, I just want to lay down in my bed. I just want to go to sleep. I just want to go get in my bed. So after, after I had him, I got right in bed. And um, of course, my family feeds me, cleans me, um, gets everything that I need. And um I think it was maybe like an hour and a half later, my mom walks in. She's like, Hey, do you want to think about the placenta? And I was like, all right. <laughs> um, so I got up, squatted over a bowl and out it comes so easy. Just like, so, so simple. So, I mean, the whole birth was so simple. Mm -hmm. That's all it is. You know, you get in the tub, labor for a little while and get out. Pop Kick a baby and out scream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, so, so non-dramatic. That's, that's the birth I've seen video of, right? Yes. Yeah. That's the one that's on, on, on your page. And yeah, I've shared, I have, I have a video of my third as well, which <laughs> I guess slightly similar because it's in the same spot. And, yeah. and, and what's it like then to now be a free birthing mother? And then my memory is that you wind up getting pregnant again. Super quick. So super fast again right yeah, so yeah eight, tell us tell us about that. eight months I think um it was great I mean it, it was interesting telling the story to people because I when I told the story of my first birth there's so much to tell you know like there's mm -hmm. dramatic and then I'm telling the story of Edsel's birth and it was like yeah I had a baby like that was it right. I just had a baby and got in bed um postpartum was great I stayed in my bed for 10 days and I went downstairs kind of like hung out for a while 
I mean, it was amazing. Friends brought me food. Um, so I definitely was very intentional about my postpartum with my second versus the first. I thought the first was pretty, you know, it was, I didn't like overdo it necessarily, but I also just didn't have the mindset of just like rest um, and be taken care of, which is what I changed for the second birth and, and continued into the third. Um, yeah, I had, I ended up getting thrush with Edsel and that was really frustrating and hard because it took about two months to clear up because I was, of course, trying to do all the things by myself and um, it was just challenging. Um, but he was an easy nurser. Everything was easy. I mean, all, my babies tend to be fairly chill. I'll say that, but you know, you never know. Um, I don't know. They just integrate in, you know, you sleep with them, you, you, you are with them, you feed them and I don't know. And, and Charlie loved his brother so much from the get-go. It was, it was really easy to kind of like integrate everybody together. It was great. Um, but yeah, I got, um, I got pregnant. <laughs> everybody knows when I got pregnant too, because it was on a family camping trip. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god so every like every time we go to like it was memorial day wait wait, um, wait. that's when you got <laughs> pregnant or that's, that's when, when you found conceived. out no that's when i conceived okay. that baby oh everybody knows <laughs> so yeah um we had our first full family camping trip together of as like a our, our my my immediate family all of us together and it the weather was scheduled to be extremely cold and extremely rainy and we had this like hesitation of going and we were like well let's just go because we we scheduled it this is the first time we're going to be together let's just go let's just see and so of course it was like a downpour the first night and that's when we conceived oscar um nothing nothing says hot sex like a family reunion (laughs) yeah like right like everybody's in tents together (laughs) and then well of course it's the family joke too because everyone's like we're not taking your kids tonight i was like oh that doesn't matter don't matter (laughs) right right that's funny but yeah um so that was eight months after Edsel was born. Um, so Edsel was about eight months. I found out that I was pregnant like a month later. Um, kind of one of those things like I knew already, like I already knew. I knew the moment we conceived him. And um, it was just kind of one of those things like to confirm. We went out and bought a pregnancy test and took it. And I didn't want to look at it, the test because I was like, I was happy all like, I was excited, but I was also like, oh my God, we got to get a car that will fit three car seats. And we got to, you know, we live in a one bedroom townhome. Like, what are we going to do? Um, so reality was sinking in and I was mm-hmm. kind of like, oh my God, Edsel's a baby. Like he's my baby. What am I going to do with another baby? Um, so I made my husband look at it and he comes out and he's like, well, what do you, what do you think? And I'm like, your face, either way, it could be no or yes. That's the same face. And of course it's yes. Um, so I'm like, oh my God, we got to get a car. <laughs> That's the first thing I was thinking of. Um, but yeah, pregnancy with Oscar was again, easy. Um, no nausea, no sickness. I at times would forget I was pregnant because I was still like with my baby and working and, um, you know, coming out of like this COVID, you know, shutdown stuff and, you know, trying to get our business back up and running. And um, I really just didn't experience any like, you know, hindrance and pregnancy, I guess, no, like slowdowns um, towards the end. Oh my gosh. My pelvis was like, I, I definitely felt the physical sensations of getting pregnant really quickly after birth. Um, so I was, I was, you know, I was a little, little achy. I was, it took me a little while to stand up when I'd, you know, go to the bathroom in the middle of the night or wake up in the morning. Um, so 
So I was definitely slow. I was slow. Um, which I, again, just consider a time to slow down. You know, if I can't move that fast, then I don't move that fast. Mm-hmm. So, which is always a practice for me. Cause I like to, <laughs> I like to go. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so yeah, it was, you know, what was needed. Um, yeah. And so for Oscar's birth, let me think. Oh, I set up a, I had, my sister gave birth four months prior to my third son being born. So I was able to witness her son being born at home. Oh, redemption. (laughs) I know. Um, And it was amazing. It was amazing. And um, so after that, we held a, um, I held a mother blessing for her with her friends and family. And, and we held one for myself and that was really nice. It was so, it was so cool to have all of our group together and, you know, just that special time, which we did not have with the other two. Um, and, um, you'll see it in pictures, but like, um, they made me a string of beads. So we go around the circle and each girl had brought a bead and, um, strung it onto a string, you know, saying something, you know, that they wish for the birth or for me or whatever. And I, my mom incorporated, uh, like a macrame hanging. And so I like hung it over my toilet <laughs> as like a temporary hanging place. Totally. Um, Cause I wanted to hang it in my bathroom, but it ended up being like right over my head as I was That's birthing funny. Oscar. But yeah. So uh, I shared my birth vision on at the blessing. And I always think about like birth vision as like so hard to grasp because I don't want to like, I don't want to hold on to something that, I don't want to try to manipulate it. Let me put it that way. Um, I want to stay open, but I, I was like, okay, well, let me see if I can voice some wants, like, what would I want? And I was like, I'd love to sleep and I'd love to wake up and know that I'm in labor. And then just like wake up the next morning and like most of labor's done. And I'm like, I'll just get into it and do it. Right. And I'll just wake up and have a baby (laughs) general, general. That's what I want. And I kid you not, that's exactly what happened. Mm. Um, so I, I went into labor at like two in the morning, I think. Uh, Oscar was 40 weeks and six days, so almost 41 weeks, I think, from, from his conception date. Uh, and uh, I went right back to sleep. I'd wake up every like, couple minutes to, you know, feel something. And then I'd go right back to sleep. It didn't really bother me. And so when I woke up, my little Edsel climbed over me and said, good morning. And, um, I'm like, I'm still having contractions. Like they're pretty consistent. I'm like peeking at the clock. Like I know they're happening like every 10 minutes or so. Um, so I was like, I wonder if, if I get up, it'll stop. So I got up, went downstairs, had breakfast and I'm like, okay, we're having a baby. Like I'm feeling it now. Like the, the normal wrap around the back, down the hips, like it's, it's happening. So I'm like, I'm like, all right, guys, it's baby day. I'll tell everybody because the party. <laughs> so I messaged a couple people and, um, you know, told my sister, told my mom, called my dad at work because, of course, he's my photographer. I was like, did you bring your camera to work? Are you going to are you going to be able to get your camera? He's like, no, I'll go get it. Um, and then my lovely sister just showed up at my house and she's like, I'm going to take Edsel. I'm going to take him home so you can just do what you need to do today and, you know, get you know, have, have some time. If you want him back, just let me know and I'll bring him back. And I was like, okay, thank you. Aww. Um, so she came over at like nine 30, I think to pick up Edsel and we're just like, you know, making breakfast and 
you know, doing silly things. Um, and I ended up going upstairs to like make the bed and get the camera ready and check on the batteries and do really, you know, non-important things. Um, but I really think that helped my brain stay out of labor land. And I'm like, I'm just doing life. Um, <clears throat> my husband started blowing up the pool cause he wanted something to do and fill in that. And, uh, it was an awesome labor, like really awesome. Mm. I was like, just walking around. I'd lean over the bed, I'd lean over the dresser. I'd squat. I'd get on the bed, go into child's pose, I'd scream into the pillow. Oh my God. That felt so good. Um, at one point I got the birth ball. I had somebody go get my birth ball that was in my basement. I'm like, I want that. Like I never sat on it ever. Not through pregnancy, not through labor. I was like, I really want that. Got on that, started moving around on that. Um, and that was probably about an hour. <laughs> and then um, I laid on the bed because things got pretty intense. And I was like, I had some fears going into Oscar's birth about um, resisting. Like I didn't want to resist sensation. I didn't want to resist labor. I didn't want to say no. I didn't want to avoid what was happening. And that was my only fear. Like, I don't want, like, if it is five days, like, I don't want to get in my head about it. I just want to welcome every single thing that comes. So it started to get intense and I was laying on the bed and I kept thinking like, okay, how do I rewrite the mantra? You know, cause all I want to say is I can't do this. I can't do this. And I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to think it. So I just uh, kept saying, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And, um, my five-year-old at the, or my four-year-old, I guess Charlie was four at the time. He'd run in, peek underneath my nightgown and be like, is there a baby? And I'd be like, no, not yet. And he'd rub my back and he goes, you can do this. You're doing great. And he'd run out and just like super quick in and out. And um, so I just was like, I just heard him say, you you can do this. And I just kept saying, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Um, and I just kept thinking every contraction, that was one that I just did. That was it. One done. Um because one of the things that I really regretted hearing at um, the hospital birth was just one more. You only have to do one more. You only have to do one more. I'm like, that's a freaking lie. I'm going to do this. You don't know how long I'm going to do this. And don't tell me that. Like, that's what I'm hearing. Um, so I knew I didn't want to think, oh, just one more. I just have to get through one more. Just have no. right. like, to. I just down, did one. But yeah. I just did one down. Like, but that's we, closer. There are a finite number of waves. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I kept thinking that and I was as still as possible. And that was so challenging. Um, it was very out of my like norm to just try to be and not let anything happen. Um, and I, I was able to do that for maybe 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I don't know. And then I just was like, all right, I guess I need to do something different. Let me get in the pool. But instead of getting the pool, I was like, I probably should poop before I go in the pool. I should probably just, you know, pee and get everything out. So I went to the toilet <laughs> and I never left. Um, I sat down and um, my water burst into the toilet, just like hmm. burst. It was crazy. And me and my husband looked at each other and we're like, oh, my God. And he was like, that was so cool. And I was like, yeah, that was, oh, man, too bad we didn't have that on video. Um and so he went to go grab the camera to put it in the bathroom. And I'm like, sitting there like, all right, let me just keep going to the bathroom. Let me just, you know, see if I can get something out. 
And I think Nathan said, do you want your dad to come take pictures? Cause they, they had not even said hello to me yet. They hadn't even come upstairs. It's only been like <clears throat> two hours since my sister left or two or two and a half hours since my sister left. And, um, I was like, yeah, I guess so. Whatever. Like, it's not going to be very peaceful. Cause I'm starting to get like real vocal. And, um, I don't know why that mattered, but I was like, it's not going to be very peaceful for everybody else. <laughs> um, but, and I guess in comparison, because when my sister birthed, she birthed like a goddess and it was just like, so, so quiet and serene. <laughs> I was like, that's not me at all. Um, but anyways, yeah. So my dad walks up the stairs, he grabs his camera and I'm on the toilet and I'm like, who, 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 who. And I'm like, oh my God, like his head is coming out. Like oh. I didn't even think that he was close. I didn't check myself. I didn't feel anything. Whoa. And I'm like, Oh, I think his head is literally coming out of me. And I, of course, I'm just like, everything's gone. I don't see anything. My dad was taking pictures and in the video, you can see like flashes from the camera. I didn't notice anything. Um, and I, I was trying to channel my sister as his head was coming out because my sister breathed her baby out and I was like, just don't push, just breathe. You can do this. And I was thinking like, I am dying. I'm dying. I'm literally dying. And I think those words came out of my mouth. I was like, I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm dying. And then here's his head. <laughs> and I was like, oh, like just this visceral, like, like sigh, so different than Edsel. And then it was like sheer pain, like so different than what Edsel, Edsel was like bliss. Like I didn't feel anything, no pain, no nothing. He slipped out. Oscar was like, oh, it's so different, so different. And I like kind of stood up. I'm like resting my hands on my thighs and my body's pushing his, his body out. And um, I was like, oh, I just kept thinking like, I'm, I'm dying. That's all. That's the only thing I could think of. Like I didn't, it wasn't like I'm tearing I'm hurting I'm I just like I'm dying <laughs> I'm literally dying and then he came out and I just picked him up and like scooped him right to my chest I sat down on the toilet and I just kept thinking like that was so quick that was so like I'm done I'm done oh my god like it's only been a, like I didn't know what time it was but it only been a couple hours and I'm just like so thankful that I was didn't have to push for five hours or you know it's the thing that you think back on, but, um, and I just remember thinking like, this is my baby. I, I know this baby, like, and I had no idea if it was a girl or a boy. And I was just like, I need to, I want to experience this baby the same way I felt it inside, you know, like without, without gender, without, you know, sex, without yeah. whatever, like, like I know this human and I just wanted to hold him on my chest and like, not let anybody see. <laughs> um, so, and it was just like, kind of coming back to myself, just this, whoo, like, oh my God. And just like sitting there. Um, and I think it was about two minutes, two minutes. And I'm just living in this moment and I don't know what's happening. And then my dad goes, um, I just, I don't want to like, but is that the placenta? <laughs> and I was, and Nate's like, oh, and I was like, immediately snapped into reality and like here's my placenta coming out in the toilet so I'm like oh grab a bowl blah 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 my mom's yeah. like a bowl and I'm like I don't know in the cabinet so she's running down the stairs my dad's like trying to find the bucket from the tub the the pool that we blew up and 
And I'm just like, just grab a Chuck's pad. I'll do it on the Chuck's pad, whatever. And my mom comes sprinting in with this big popcorn bowl. It's got like flour all in it. Who knows what was <laughs> She's like, that's what I have. What you have? Midway like, through a birthday cake. I know, like, here's your placenta bowl. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it came out so fast. And um, it was a little bit like, I was so like, oh, like uh, my body was still reeling. And um, I'm like, I just need to stand up. Like, cause everyone's like, well, how is it coming out? And I'm like, I can't get the bowl between my legs. I was like, right. I just got to stand up and get this placenta out. So I stood up kind of, you know, pulled a little bit. Cause it was a little bit, some of the stuff was stuck in there a little bit. Um, and that's when I think my mom asked, well, I don't know. Is it a boy or girl? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. And, um, so I like peeked down, of course it's, it's Oscar. And I was like, I knew you were like, I just knew who you were. Like, it didn't matter. I knew who he was. It was, you know, a really special moment. Um, and, uh, best thing ever. You just get to your bed and you get to go lay down. Right. Surrounded (laughs) by your family. Yeah. So it was very similar. They fed me, they, you know, um, some more family came over. We, for both Edsel and Oscar, we, we did a cord burning ceremony about four, four, four and a half hours into, um, you know, life birth. Uh, and that was really fun. So for Oscar, I had no music playing during his whole labor and I had been listening to one song through, through, um, pregnancy that I was like thinking I would use in labor and I never returned on the music, which I think was really good for me. Um, so I ended up making everybody be quiet and I'm like, I'm going to play this song. We're going to sit here in silence and we're just going to, you know, honor this baby. And it was really nice. And then of course we do like placenta prints and all the things and, you know, have fun. some fun. And it was perfect. Cause I had him at like 1150 or 1250. I don't remember. It was either noon or almost one. I think it was 1250 and um, exactly what I wanted. I was like, I want to have him in like the peak of the day so that I can just do all of the things and then go to bed. And like, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what we did. Um, and again, Man, so talk simple. about talk about a, a setting the standard for a connected family. Yeah, right. I love it. Oh, that's yeah, so special and and you know, kind of unusual. I I, I do under- realize that we have a little bit unusual um, dynamic, but I mean, it's a very supportive. Mm-hmm very supportive system that we have in our family. And I mean, wow. even I'll just joke my, um, I was going into labor. So of course the family's doing their like, you know, text chain and like, Oh, do the things come home. My younger brother who has nothing to do with the birth. He's like, should I take off work today? Yeah, <laughs> like, so cute. It's like a thing, you know, yeah, like as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, beautiful. It's just like really interesting to hear that and like fun that he's, you know, he cares in, about it too. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's it's really special. We have such a, a special family and, hmm. you know, cause I know my dad taking photos, like he's there for all of it, you know, is not usually a, a common thing, but he's, he's a really grounded, um, sensitive individual. So. Right. I mean, that's a lot of intimacy. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. And I never thought twice about not having or having him there. He, he came to me, um, when I asked him to be there, I said, I'd like you to be there. And he came to me later and he says, I just want you to be sure. He's like, are you okay with me being there? He's like, I'm not scared or anything. I'm not worried, but he's like, is this what you want? And I'm like, thank you for asking, but no, I'm, I'm totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> like we're all good, but yeah, um, it's, um, love it. 
Those yeah, I'm like excited to have another baby. Oh, <laughs> but I need maybe, some time. Maybe this one you'll you'll consciously choose it and not be surprised. <laughs> not that anything's yeah. wrong with that. Just no, I usually know. the friends I know who all of them were surprises that they're like, I just need one. Yeah, that I'm like this yeah. is it. <laughs> yeah, uh, we call Oscar our semi-conscious baby be- or right. semi-conscious conception because I was like, God, I knew what was happening. Exactly. Um, but <laughs> love it. I guess there's not as much forethought, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been it's been great. Well, I have to ask before we close, did you get a car that can hold three car seats? <laughs> I did. And I kid you not, like right after I found out I was pregnant, our our sedan or whatever, our Passat broke down on the highway. So we were like, gotta there we go. go. Like, Here funny. we go, get a van. So we have we have a mom van and it's great. My husband loves it. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Exactly. Thank you so much. <sighs> Yeah. Thanks for letting me have the space to share this. And uh, yeah, just holding, holding all of the stories for everyone. It's, it's so important. So. I hope you enjoyed the show today. You can support this podcast by donating to it on freebirthsociety.com and leaving an awesome review on whatever platform you listen on. The more reviews, the more visibility the show gets, so let's spread the word of Sovereign Birth. We've always got a lot going on at Free Birth Society, and you can find out about all of it at freebirthsociety.com, at freebirthsociety on Instagram, and opt in to my newsletter below in the show notes. We offer courses on free birth, authentic midwifery, and the blood mysteries, as well as one-on-one coaching, in-person retreats, and of course, our annual women's festival. Our exclusive vetted private membership is definitely something to check out if you're looking for a community of wise sisters. Together we rise. We must speak our stories, claim our lives, and support one another. This is the living revolution, and I am so grateful to be in it with all of you. I'll leave you with our epic Free Birth Society theme song, Wild Woman by Aruba Red. I honor you for the wisdom you held, the ancient traditions of plant medicine and womb magic. I feel the spirit of the ancestors as I place my hands upon my belly. This sacred portal will be honored. Eons upon light beams of survival withstanding the eradication of our power by design. I will not allow the separation of our young to be forced upon me. My sisters will no longer birth in captivity. The picket line redefined from burning our wild women to paralyzing us and drugging our babes. Strapped down in a clinical white bed, drying up the milk from our breasts, keep your needles. My family will never again be doomed to chase those dragons or your poison. We reject your We choose love, everything with intention, death, ascension. I will fly and bring her back from the start.